welcome to the Awakens in Den podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Bale, and this week I am uh, joined by a former, current, former, former, let's say former, former student, uh, Anish. And just to give some context, we actually sat down and we recorded or we attempted to record this podcast episode last week. And due to my technological uh, immaturity, I guess, uh, yeah, I messed it up, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And it wasn't recorded. We still had a good conversation for an hour or so. And we decided to come back and sit down again and hopefully I've managed to figure out what the record button is and how it works. So I'm trusting that uh, this conversation will be, yeah, you'll be hearing it back uh, right now, which means it worked. So thank you, Anish, for coming back on and uh, yeah, your patience in this process. No worries, Chris. Um... I felt it was a very good recording, but I'm actually quite happy to talk to you always. So uh, I got another chance to have this conversation uh, and see where it goes. So very grateful. And yeah, I was very, um, when I first asked you to do this, I was very nervous. A lot of um, uh, fears came up about who am I to do this with you? But um, I guess it's leading on to what I'm, where I'm heading in my life. Um, and I had some interesting topics I wanted to talk to you about. It's it's topics that I've been contemplating and I've been seeing in the world. Um, I've been doing a lot of self-development over the last seven years, I would say. And at the end of that, it led me to your work. And mm. I've done so many techniques, self-development modalities and they've been very useful but I found them be, to be very complicated at the same time right which led me to your work which has been incredibly simple and very straightforward and I think it's something I think you're a great guide for people you were a great guide for me especially at the end um I just come out of another self-development group, another men's group, and wasn't in a great place. And it was very angry. Um, had a lot of stuff I had to go through, and you really helped me out. And I, I changed it. It's been like I think a year and a half, or or just up to two years that I've worked with you. And you do exude a well, let's call it presence and an energy and a stillness, which has been very profound. It's, um, and I think people would really, and I think the people listening to this already understand that they already feel it. And I just wanted to be a testament to say, yeah, what you, what you teach and what you embody, which is the key word here is the most mm. important thing for people to find that simplicity in their life and kind of chuck away all that 
junk that they're they've got in their mind which they feel they need to learn and complicate their lives with so i guess leading into this i wanted to ask you yeah if you're a person who's going on this journey or they're just their life's a mess and they just don't know where to start what where would you where would you point them what i point at them and then i would wait with them to see if they get it at first and that's general i mean that's what i did with you that's what i do with everyone including myself always but the reality is initially if a person is at a certain place of self-awareness or a certain level of consciousness right a certain level of seeing in themselves they're not going to be able to see what i'm pointing at so a huge part of my work as you already said my work is simple right it's just it's the same thing over and over and over again but the work that i do with people is about in how many thousands of ways in how many thousands of direct ways can i say the same thing in different ways to allow the person's conditioning and to support the person's conditioning and dissolving and falling back because each layer of conditioning needs to be met in my experience at least uh, each layer of conditioning requires seeing so someone who is you know we always use the phrase starting on their process or starting on their journey we start the journey when from the moment we come out of the womb right the journey and the path is has begun so let's call it the moment that a person realizes that they're asleep and kind of you know as a moment of farting themselves awake for a second that's enough just to catch a glimpse of what the fuck is going on what am i doing what am i thinking how am i behaving and why am i potentially so miserable so it's all about the person's level of seeing which is going to have everything be simple so if i sit here and say everything is simple okay that's easy for someone to say if they have went through the process of expanding their seeing and accumulating life force which is what will allow you to see more but for someone who doesn't see and they're still very much bombarded and controlled by their own conditionings and all the veils that they have kind of covering and blocking their eyes it's challenging to hear life is simple from another person and then to just believe it because when i say it's simple all of the conditioning all of the complication that the society this that this world that the dysfunction has done onto us that's the opposite that's all complicated everything about it is complicated it's only complicated because it's not real 
It's only complicated because the intention is to confuse you, it's to confuse us, so then we are up for grabs and we can just be taken, we can be manipulated. So the deepest part of this work is supporting and guiding a person in seeing. How deeply can you see? And it can be very black and white. Right? I can sit here and see something in someone and I can say it. Yet they don't see it. It doesn't exist to them. And they'll fight me with every inch of their brainwashing. And they will refuse to accept what I see or what I say I see. So you can only see what you can see. That's where you're at. That's where we're all at. And there's no better or worse, right? We're just all where we're at. And it's divinely on purpose, I believe, I feel. And we're exactly where we're supposed to be. Because if you crack open the door of seeing too quickly in someone who's not ready for it, then it can, it can ruin their whole life. It can be too much. So there needs to be a steady, tactile, supportive process in place for that to happen. And that's really where the one-on-one work comes in. You know, you spend time working with me uh, in different online groups and containers, but you've also spent time with me in person. And that really allows for the essence of the work, right? The embodiment of the work, the energetic information to permeate to then support you seeing more. And that's what I love about energetics. That's always why uh, I've stayed mainly focused on always having that place in alignment and at the forefront of my working with people and my assisting people and assisting myself because life is an initiation. And it's higher levels of energy that come in to initiate. That's why being around someone who embodies something that you may be interested in experiencing, it's like the fire is lit. And I've spoken about this on a previous podcast, so I won't say much more on it. But to loop back to your question, where a person starts is seeing exactly where they're at and doing their best right it's never going to be perfect but doing their best to stay as compassionate and as tender as possible with themselves because often what can happen is when a person becomes aware of all the shit they've been shoveling no they want to attack themselves they want to talk bad about themselves but the shit they were shoveling wasn't theirs to begin with right it was fed to them it was put in them they were raised by it so staying compassionate with yourself regardless of where you're at and also staying compassionate as best as you can with others i just think that's generally a a solid way to approach anything in life just try to be compassionate right try to be a kind person without compromising your own nature yeah that's um 
for a lot of people, including myself, when you start this process, it's not an easy one, especially if you, like I did, it was living in my head. Um, this was many years ago in 2000, I think it was 2016. Um, I was totally disconnected from my body. I, I couldn't feel anything from the head down. And I heard about emotions and feeling, but I never felt anything in my body, in my, especially in my, just below my neck. It was all numb. And I was, there was a deep desire for me to, for me to connect with, especially in those days with women. I mean, I was, I'm going to be very honest. I was into pickup. Um, a very confused man who thought the only way to connect with a woman was through techniques. And I got nicknamed by one of these pickup coaches. It's quite embarrassing. He called me murder face because I was literally like, no, no, I'm down in the face. It really hurt actually. Cause I was like, I, I didn't know what he was talking about, but I was just so numb. That was supporting. <laughs> it was super supporting. I know he wasn't a great, wasn't one of the best guys to learn from but it did get me on a journey to find out what was going on inside and um, I remember lying on the floor of my apartment just trying to feel anything in my body I, I read a very basic book about emotional connection and I just allowed myself to just just be aware watch my body and feel anything any kind of sensation and uh it started with a crack in my heart and I just watched it and then the crack got bigger and this was over hours. I was just lying on the floor of my, my apartment in Berlin I, and I was there for two hours till it just cracked open and uh, I was crying like a baby. And I remember then just falling into some weird depression, sitting in a cafe, just like spaced out um, until, you know, I don't know, my heart opened everything became super bright and that that was the start of my journey of, of feeling and i know a lot of your viewers including myself uh, and the people you work with some of them already have this feeling um, and they can relate to your work and i know a lot of people also don't who you probably have to work with to get them in their body um, because that's the trickiest part. I think feeling is really, really important in terms of embodying something. And yeah, that's the tricky thing because you see a lot of people outside who probably aren't feeling. Um, they might be still trapped in their head and for various reasons, uh, trauma. Uh, and that's what I had in my case. And so you're right. When you say, when you say to them simplicity, they're just like, what are you talking about? They haven't got a clue. I mean, I am simple. They they already mm -hmm. convinced themselves in their mind that this is the case. Yes. So I guess it always starts with a a curiosity if if they are curious to explore that part of their body because it's it's not easy to face emotions and trauma. It's a it's a scary thing, and uh, I think the biggest. I mean, not for me, but maybe the, the biggest fear could be, you know, do I have to face this alone? Because mm. I think essentially you are in a way, uh, it's your body. 
And the only one who can go through it is, is yourself. I feel there's kind of two conjoining experiences in life. And one of them is that life is an experience of aloneness while you're around others. And then, of course, there's just the oneness aspect, right? When we transcend the body, when we transcend duality, then oneness, it's its all. Everyone is connected with everyone. I am you, you are me. Uh, but I feel there's really deep medicine on both sides of that experience, right? To, to really feel the singularity of your human experience. People try to run from that. These days I feel there's people who want to say things like, oh, well, I'm not alone, even though they're alone in a room. And yes, spiritually and energetically and in the, uh, in the experience of oneness, then no, you're, you're never alone. We are never alone. We are everything. But then there's the human experience, and I feel that can be a very alone working relationship. Right, where your whole path, your whole journey, your whole life is you going through different phases of your human existence where there's different narratives or there's different themes that are coming up for you to really work on and to grow through and to understand more of. And these can't really be shared. Right, You can be in the experience around loved ones. You can be in a challenging phase of your life uh, around all your family, around all your friends. There can be people beside you physically at all times, but you're still in a phase alone, right? You're still on your life path in your way. And I think when we can accept both sides of that experience, there can be deep medicine and deep joy and just deep bliss in both of those things, in merging into oneness through coming back into the body and, as you said, practicing embodiment, getting more sensitive, that will allow us to expand into oneness. That's why I always uh, lead with be in your body when I work with people because that's the way in to everything else. It's where you almost transcend that human state of aloneness into oneness. It's through the body, it's through the cells, getting into the cells and the fascia and all these different felt senses and these charges and these energetic centers that exist in our system. It's a microcosm, you know, of space, of the galaxy, of the universe. Uh, that's what I feel when I go into my body. Maybe I'm just a bit crazy, but uh, either... A special man. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely wouldn't say that. Um, and the more I go through this, not in the not in the derogatory type. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the aloneness, we're terrified of being alone. Yeah, societally speaking, being alone is seen as a bad thing. And firstly, it depends who you are, how you're set up, how you're designed what you prefer, just what your preference is. But secondly, we're all alone and we're all held. We're all deeply held, I feel, in our aloneness, which is our path, our journey, our process. 
And through being in both of these spaces and honoring and not trying to leave one to get into another in a state of avoidance, to me that's healthy, to me that's integrated, for me that's balance. Yeah, that's that's a that's a healthy healthy part of the process. And I know there's a there's another phase to it because you also talk about intimacy, and I feel that's a very important part of yes. the healing. And I've that's the part you've, I guess, connected the dots for me in my my process because I was very good at being alone. I was very I've been alone a lone wolf a lot of my life. But I, I very I struggled a lot with intimacy, and I think recently I've been connecting with that a lot with uh, my girlfriend, especially thanks to your work. Okay. And it's interesting right now uh, this phase of my life where I've experienced a lot of love through intimacy, and it's almost. And this might sound woo woo has opened a door for me right now where I feel more connected with life um, through that intimacy. So, for example, now I can be alone and I can be connected to nature, I can be connected to people. Um, people talk to me more without me even trying. It's not this kind of mad craving to connect and socialize, which I know a lot of people want to do because there's a fear to be alone. Uh, or if they're feeling starved inside, which is what I had. I was just starved of intimacy. I didn't. I thought I knew what that was, but it was. I was really lacking something there. And I think that door that was open has made me feel more comfortable being by myself because I feel like I'm being constantly nourished by the outside world, uh, especially nature and yeah, women. Even even men, I mean, they provide a different energy, um, which can be very useful. And there's also very unuse, unuseful energy out there too, uh, love chaoticness. And um, that's the part where I'm still learning to learn to ground and feel peace, even in the midst of chaotic energy, um, which isn't easy if you're sensitive. So... I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about the whole intimacy part, because um, especially when that door opens, because I feel like this a part of the process there that I would like to understand better, and maybe people yeah listening to this would like to understand better. Well, you know how how much I uh, dislike open-ended questions, so let's let's work <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's workshop it together. Right? Let's unpack it together. Maybe that's one way that we can approach it. So what I firstly want to say is that, you know, intimacy, that's a huge part of my calling here. Like intimacy is my way in from, from day one, even when I was just doing acupuncture in clinic with patients. Uh, they would always be bringing their issues with intimacy up. Uh, back when I didn't have a clue about, you know, how, how do I respond to these questions or these issues? Because I would just see things energetically in a person. So they'd speak, but I wouldn't really be responding with words. I'd just be pressing the energetic buttons to, 
to allow things to process that way. Uh, but as time went on, I mean, intimacy is, it's, it's my way in with everybody that I work with. Everyone has some type of uh, access point, I feel, in life and the things that they do. The deepest part of my work, as we've already discussed, is presence, is uh, being in the body, is awareness, is consciousness, right? All of these different principles, love, what it means to be compassionate, sensitive, tender. So if we take all of those lovely buzzwords, all of those lovely buzzwords click beautifully underneath the banner of intimacy. And what I love so deeply about intimacy, what I respect so deeply about the practice of intimacy with self, with other, and with life, is intimacy will call you out immediately. You cannot lie to intimacy. Because when you lay down to be with yourself, to be with another, if you're sitting in a chair in an airport and there's chaos going on around you, that is a moment for intimacy. Intimacy is everything, always, everywhere, all the time. If you choose that, if you allow it to be there, because it's there anyway, but it will show you exactly where you are and it will show you exactly how you relate with probably every aspect of your life. Right, I can, if I'm doing a workshop or an event or just engaging with someone individually, even just seeing how they touch their partner's hand or how they reach down for their partner, how they put their hand on the small of their partner's back, uh, seeing their awareness of their own selves in the space, like there's so much subtlety to everything that we do that says everything, right? How someone eats dessert will tell you a hell of a lot about how they make love, about how that person's going to actually show up in the indulgence of intimacy, right? How does that person deal with that which activates and turns them on in life, whether it's a chocolate cake or whether it's a person's body, yeah, so for me, intimacy is a spotlight. And we can't hide from it. We try. We try by leaving our body, by numbing ourselves, by locking in our head, by overusing technology. But that's, that's why I lead with intimacy. Uh, but if there's any specific question on anything that I shared, if anything's coming up for you, as I'm saying what I'm saying, then yeah, I'd love to go into that more. Yeah, uh, quite a few questions came up. And because a lot of spirituality is based upon, yeah, wholeness, mm -hmm. oneness. And I think there's a fallacy that you don't need anyone to be spiritual. Yeah. There's a big especially in the man's sphere, uh, focus on yourself, focus on this, your purpose, all this kind of stuff. But there's a big block in society about actually really having full intimacy with life or with a woman or a man. And what I realized is 
when you do have true intimacy with life uh, and the gateway could be through a partner life becomes very simple because that nourishment that i felt through having intimacy made me realize i don't really need much so the the question is does intimacy rise to simplicity does it real does it help you realize that you don't need so much to feel whole i hope that's more specific it's not open-ended that's a that's a great fucking question <laughs> yeah i love that question i just want to make sure that this is still recording that's why i keep going up and checking right and we can we can we can leave this in here we go Okay, wonderful. My hack has worked. It's still recording. <clears throat> so that is a, such a, that's such a great question. I feel like that's one of the best questions I've been asked uh, ever, the way you worded you send it. Send a check. Send a check to... Um, <laughs> 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 so... The reason that your intimacy has deepened so much is because in the practice of intimacy, you have to, in the moment of intimacy, consciously choose to consistently let go of complication that comes up in the space. The practice of intimacy where there's so much energy in sex, as it's swelling and swelling and swelling it starts to push up against all of your insecurities all of your fears if you have an overactive mind that's what's going to start kicking off if you have any performance tendencies that's when it's going to start kicking in if you have any shame or guilt that's when all of it will start to light up so the very fact that you now understand and see intimacy is simple if someone comes to me and says, you know, Chris, you know the way intimacy is simple. Well, I know, and now you know, but it doesn't mean everybody else knows. Right? So it's a very profound statement that you're making that really illuminates and shines light on the work that you've done. Because for most people, intimacy is complicated, confusing, and terrifying. Where they move into it in friction... They never get their, their uh, souls met, right? Sex and spirit fails to touch. So they leave kind of empty. And there's a whole other realm of stuff that can go on in that process as well. So through the practice of intimacy, which is why I love leading with intimacy, is because it's there that everything comes up. If you have complication in your life, you will have complication in your intimacy within the practice of connecting with another that is the deepest place that we can choose to see and feel the conditioning rise up in us and we can choose to ground back down into our body and to stay with ourselves and the person that we're there connecting with and then you can take that formula you can take that internal practice and you can apply that to every other area of your life to bring more simplicity. So how you're in sex with your partner, bring that to life. Everything you do.
That's why intimacy for me is so powerful. Because if you can recorrect, align, balance and integrate something within sex and connection, it's going to be easy for you to do it in other areas of your life. Because in intimacy, it's the most confronting. Because there's the most energy present. Right? So again, it's profound that you said, you know, I've realized that intimacy is deeply simple. Because for most people, it's the area where everything comes up. I realized that it permeates. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, it's a ripple. It's something as a connection with a partner can ripple into your entire life because it because it's essential love when you really connect with a partner and this sounds a little bit intellectual because it's a felt sense it's not something you can talk about but when you do feel it you're feeling love with that person real love real connection real understanding that you you feel understood um, that's the biggest one which you know gives you that sense of wholeness that you're not alone on the earth and that makes you profoundly joyous and it's not because you have that person but it's because i don't know how to describe it it's a switch in you that, that that's flipped and as soon as you allow that permission you, you you can go out in the world and you feel you're understood everywhere um, that's how i've experienced it or the only place you're understood is with yourself which is what brings you such peace right because now there's a deeper sense of peace in you that you didn't have access to originally so through this work that's what you're sitting in now and when you speak of the love that you get to feel and share with a partner that's because you get to feel that love and share it with yourself you've built a healthy capacity to open into loving yourself, to resensitize your body, your being, your heart, all these different energetic centers in you, to face your fears of feeling certain things. You've started to treat yourself in, in a far more respectful, loving and reverent way without directly going to judging and beating yourself up. So you've cultivated, right? You've re-loved yourself. So now with your partner, with anybody that you come to, you may come back and go, oh, wow, you know what? That was such a beautiful connection. I really got to connect with that person. There was so much love there. Why? Well, because you have access to that love in yourself. If you don't have access to it, you can't share it with another person and you sure as hell can't receive it from another person. So just know that we are 50% of every single human relationship that we find ourselves in. You're 50% of how that goes. So the very fact you can experience anything is because that anything has opened in you. It's very easy to blame the other person in relationships it's like an avoidance of your own closeness um, I think that's one of the dysfunctions of the world is people are being taught 
or they're not being taught they're looking for advice which tells them you know i'm okay and it's the other person's fault tell me a reason i don't need to feel any pain because i just want to avoid that and find a solution without feeling any pain and from my experience you you it's important to feel the discomfort and as you mentioned uh for me to access this love i had to face a lot of insecurities like crying in front of my partner uh, that was really difficult i mean i i can cry but to really let loose like that was very difficult i had so much conditioning that came up around that um and i i was very communicative with my partner about that and um it really opened the gate to a new form of you want to call it vulnerability i don't i don't like that word but <laughs> but it opened up a gate of intimacy that's more profound and uh loving yeah because for you to choose in that moment to drop that wall that you usually have stacked up and now there's more of you there that she gets to share love with right you actually let her in more because you let yourself in more in that moment with her so it's all just the layers it's most of our stuff is just our terror around love yeah and i guess it's about honesty as well as being as honest as you can um with yourself as well of what's going on inside uh with that person yeah and to be honest with yourself you have to be in contact with yourself otherwise your honesty is also just conditioning <laughs> yeah it's true because a lot of honesty it's being taught uh, how to be honest or there's a course on radical honesty and it's not coming from your body at all it's coming from your head it's, it's not real vulnerability or honesty it's, it's something fake yeah where your honesty actually, in this moment your honesty in this moment was just your mother's honesty 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to acknowledge that layer and then let it go because it's it's a layer in the onion isn't it the the mother's honesty the father's honesty and then whoever whatever shit's under that it's it's layers right yeah but um yeah it does it does it does reveal your true true aspect underneath i i was actually funny i'm on this island right now in bali um it's called nusa labangan and i was walking around i could hear the ocean waves very clearly it's so beautiful uh it's almost hypnotic and i sat on a swing and i was so happy to swing there like a child and i was there's no one around <laughs> it's absolute bizarre and i was like i'm really enjoying this i'm like and there's no one around but i'm really like my heart's full I feel good. I don't I'm really happy. Uh it was such an interesting experience I haven't felt for a long time. I think probably since a child that I felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um and that might be a result of removing all these things uh, that finding that innocence again that that yes. which has been piled under all this conditioning. 
the deeper that we move inside and move through these layers of conditionings that have us take ourselves so seriously, that's when the kind of the flower of play starts to open again. It's like the flower of innocence starts to bloom when you're really deeply present in a moment. So follow that when it comes up. And also see where you shut it down out of fear of judgment or people possibly thinking something about you that isn't in line with what your ego would like them to think about you. But I feel playfulness comes from almost complete forgetfulness, right? You, you just forget that you're supposed to be here in a certain way and you get to really dance with what's in front of you without judgment, right? You're risking rejection, you're risking mistake, you're risking failure. You're just following what feels good in your soul. And bringing that to intimacy is... That's, that's everything. Bringing the innocence back into intimacy. I feel my partner brings that part, the, the, the playfulness. She's taught me a lot about that because um, she's very similar to me. She's very playful and jokey and uh, ironically, she's older than me, but I don't know. That's another reflection I get, which is... Why is that ironic? Why, why is it ironic that she's older than you? I know, that's conditioning, right? <laughs> well, you tell me. I think she's wiser than me and she's probably done the work which she's de never done a workshop either. Like she's never done a workshop. She does yoga, but she's never done any coaching or anything. Very similar to you. So that kind of leads me to the next question about teachers, because they can um, confuse you a whole lot. A whole lot. And that's a benefit. Yeah. <laughs> There's such a gift in opening 17 wrong doors first. Because if something can confuse you, the gift is that it's showing you all of the places that you are not clear within yourself. That you are not integrated and grounded and balanced. And I guess one way you could say it is connected to your wisdom. So it's actually, it's not bad to to be in experiences with people that have absolutely no clue or embodiment of what they're doing and they just are attempting to sell a bunch of stuff and they say that they do these things and that they're an embodiment coach but they themselves are not even in their body you know there, there's such a there's such a deep level of inaccountability in in the coaching sphere because now it's trendy spirituality has become a trend and it comes with a certain type of pants and a certain hat and a certain beads and a certain Instagram filter. Uh, and it's the play in it, right? Like it's the duality. I could sit here and just be super judgmental over it and call all these people out, but we're all human. And I believe that most of these people really, really believe that what they're doing is helpful and they really intend to help people and also maybe get rich in the process of doing that. I'm not sure, but I don't believe any anyone is bad in these situations, but 
as a person looking for guidance from anybody, as a teacher, as a mentor, you have to see the person that you're being mentored by or guided. Ideally, before you commit to something with them. So you can really see, well, does this person actually live what it is that they're sharing and what they're attempting to assist and support other people in? Uh, But within being around people who have tricked you or who are not who they originally said they were, there's a great gift in that. Because you get to ask yourself, well, why did I even believe that they had it to begin with? And what did I think they had for me? Did I want them to save me? Do I think someone can save me? Do I think someone can do my work for me? If someone comes to me, you know, as you know, I'm not going to do anything for you. I'm just going to keep pointing you back to yourself and, and have you ask yourself some questions. But the deeper aspect is the energetic initiation of everything. Right? If you're working with an individual who is deeply connected and embodied to the energy that they're attempting to share in their life, just being around that person will be an alchemical experience. They don't even really need to say many words to you as you've experienced, right? Just being there, stuff starts to be triggered and opened and and transformed. And you get to watch that person. You get to watch how they walk, how they move, how they breathe, how they look at that person, how they speak to this person. You get to see how they really embody and show up in life. Not as a, I'm looking for someone who's perfect, because that's not a thing. But at least to see someone who, who likes themselves, who allows themselves, who's accountable, who's responsible, who can apologize when they make mistakes, who don't think they know it all. Some people listen to me and go, oh, that guy thinks he knows it all. And that, that couldn't be further from the truth. I know very little. I know a lot about very little. that's that what that's what feels more accurate and also also to people you know looking for coaches and mentors resist the urge of pedestaling because you will be disappointed or you'll be abused one or the other And as soon as you pedestal someone, you also disrespect them. Because you're holding them to standards that aren't human. Right? All this work, all this presence work, it's about moving into deep acceptance with spirit. And also moving into deep acceptance of the human experience in life. Right? We're all very human. There's very human things that, that we all share And if there's ever a spiritual teacher or a mentor who attempts to convince you that they don't work that way, I would advise you to briskly walk in the direction of the hills. (laughs) Because because that's delusion. Yeah. To, To disacknowledge your human experience here 
is such an act of blasphemy, right, to self. So the standard is possibly, maybe, who's honest about their human and spiritual experience and who is consistently attempting to see more and to feel more and to understand more and to love more, right? That's probably the deepest part. But again, if you're in business and you want to make millions and millions of dollars for whatever reason that that lights you up, no judgment, beautiful, do that. But go to someone who's done that. Go to someone who's made millions and millions of dollars. Don't go to someone who's made millions of dollars selling a book on how to make millions of dollars. <laughs> right? Find, yeah, find people who embody and live whatever it is that you're wanting to taste more of. And because of social media, there are a lot of fancy storefronts, but there's very little inside. So that's now what you got to do. You have to be discerning as to where is the substance, where is there's where is there actually medicine. Thank you for listening to some of today's episode. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, along with live Qigong classes, Q&A group sessions, and Tea with Chris, you can head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Chris Bale. Thank you as always for your support. And we will see you back here on the next episode. Ciao.